passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome back to another episode of the 90th Percentile. This is your host, Jeff Ponce, back again this week with my co-host, Matt Pajak. No guests this week, but exciting episode last week. We had uh, Nas Zanatello on, and uh, we we went a little crazy. We didn't talk a lot of baseball. We talked a lot of food, a lot of different things. It was a fun episode. Go check it out. What's up, Matt? How are you? Yeah, we got cultural last week. I'm doing great. I'm doing great, especially for a... a Monday after a college baseball opening weekend that really didn't have a ton of intrigue. It was a whole lot of, uh, you know, top, top ranked programs beating up on fodder, I guess you could say, um, not to be disrespectful, but you know, we had one, we had a handful of, of top 25 matchups. The one that I could think of on Friday was Tennessee, Texas tech, but mm. you needed flow sports to get access to that one. And, uh, there were enough games to watch on watch ESPN or ESPN. I don't even know what they're calling it at this point. The ESPN app um, where I didn't really feel compelled to subscribe to flow sports for that one game. So I will see Tennessee in a couple weeks when they're on sec plus. Um, But yeah, you know what, Jeff, the, the big revelation over the weekend and I saw it pop up on Spencer Jones's Instagram. I think he's promoting it. Have you ever heard of bitchin' sauce? I have not. It's pretty good. Yeah. This is Spencer Jones is promoting this, you said? Yeah, you you was promoting some bitchin' sauce. It's like a Southern California like snack sauce. Snack, yeah. I guess it's like a snack sauce. They got a whole bunch of different flavors. I was in Sprouts yesterday. And What's, what is Sprouts for those of us not in the know? It's a grocery store. It's like a smaller, okay. smaller grocery store. It's not quite as bougie as like Whole Foods. Fair, but it's it's like you can go in there and you can get like your fresh produce, and it's not like going to the big box grocery store, you know. Gotcha. Understood. Is this a local a local uh, Colorado chain or is this? Oh, they're everywhere. No, I just haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, I used to go all the time when I was living back in North Carolina. Uh-huh. Um, it's one of those places that if you go around the outside and you go down the aisles, you could spend a lot of money on things that you could you could buy for the same or for a lot less somewhere else. But 
they're competitive, I think, with their their produce, and the produce is better. So, um, yeah, that's my appeal. But anyway, they had bitch and sauce, and I was like, you know what? Let's let's just try it. Let's just try it. The original bitch and sauce. It's an almond based sauce. If that's not the most California thing you've ever heard. <clears throat> but yeah, it comes in like 10 different flavors. We tried it. We were like, this is really good. Tried it with tortilla chips. And then immediately, you know, bought some since it's my sister, which was kind of funny because it was her birthday this last week. Um, that's that's why we did it. Yeah. I bought two things of the bitchin' sauce and I ended up paying more in shipping than I did for the actual sauce. <laughs> it's got to be shipped like in a refrigerated container, I guess. Anyway, yeah, I'm looking now. The closest sprouts to me would be New Jersey, so <laughs> that is, uh, that's why I'm not aware of this this place at all. They got they got boxed out of the Northeast because what's that? What's that grocery store? That kind of fancy grocery store that people go to up there? Whole Foods or Wegmans? Wegmans. Oh, okay. I feel like with Wegmans in the Northeast, there isn't really a market for Sprouts. Yeah, they're in Pennsylvania, though, in New Jersey. And, like, I think Wegmans was there before they, they came to Massachusetts. They only have, like, one store here, two stores here now. I think they have one in Chestnut Hill. Then they have the one, like, right next to my house. So, <laughs> well, Jeff, it's that thing that's going to happen that always happens in the Northeast. When Chick-fil-A opened, there was a four-hour line to get your Chick-fil-A. Sure. When Raising Cane's opened, there was a four-hour line to get your Raising Cane's. When Sprouts opens somewhere in the middle of Massachusetts, there will be a four-hour line to to check out at just another grocery store. Yeah, we have a lot of different groceries. Anyway, but talking talking college baseball, let's get back back on track here. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought that Friday night did have an actual really thrilling game. It wasn't one that you would have expected to be so thrilling, but that was the TCU-Florida Gulf, Gulf Coast game. Um, that was a really, really an intriguing game as Florida Gulf Coast like battled back or battled and then unfortunately fell. But they, they played them tough all weekend. And that was, I'm sure, when they scheduled that last minute, uh, that was a series that TCU expected to just roll over those teams. But good showing by by Anthony Silva. Um, he had showed some power and uh, you know, it was a good weekend for him. So it was a standout for me in that one. But that was a game I was glued to on Friday night. I know. Uh, I think you went to bed before the end of that game. <laughs> no, I switched to Love is Blind. Oh, there you go. That's why I got the hat on. LB, Love is Blind. <laughs> this is, dude, I, I am so, you know how everybody has gaps. I don't know if you ever watched How I Met Your Mother, but they had like a whole thing on like everybody has like a gap. And my gap is reality shows. I am so clueless about almost all reality shows. I watched like half a season of Jersey Shore and uh, New Jersey Housewives, and that was mostly to make fun of my wife because she's from New Jersey. We got to get Pierce like, back in here to talk about reality shows. He loves it. Oh, he loves them. Loves them. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, the, you got to be careful scheduling those, those Florida programs early in the season, you know, because it, they're more ready to go than anybody else down there in the warm weather. In Florida Gulf Coast, because this is on brand. This is on brand, Jeff. We're talking about mid-major programs. We're not here to yeah. talk about. Going to say that we buried the lead a little bit, but yes, we're going to talk some mid-majors <laughs> today that we we watched over the weekend that we think are worth your attention throughout the late winter and spring. 
honestly it's one of the beautiful things about college baseball but like florida gulf coast most people don't associate them as being like a powerhouse baseball school but like chris sale went there and yeah um they've had guys you know over the course of the past couple of years have gone up to the cape cod baseball league and had success jake knowles a guy that i remember mm-hmm. going back a few years uh in hyannis like it's a nice little program so like when they roll into tcu on on friday to, to open up the season i mean they're not gonna be a pushover yeah, no, and they uh, they absolutely weren't. Um, but I think that's one of the interesting things, as you said, about college baseball is, you know, in football, it's it's impossible. We don't see the mid-majors, you know, beat the big schools. Um, but it happens pretty consistently in baseball that we will see them take a game in a three-game series or every so often take a series um, – particularly against power five schools, maybe not always against the the big names, but I know this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, St. John's, they were rained out for a couple of days, but took a couple of games against Florida as well, if I'm not mistaken, right? Which I watched is, them on Friday and one. they took it to Florida. And at one point, Colby Shelton, the guy who transferred from Alabama to Florida, hit a home run and started, I mean, they were still down. He started talking back to the pitcher and then they still lost the game. And I was like, <laughs> Dang. I mean, it, <laughs> oh, good for St. John's, man. Good for St. John's going down there. Because that, that Florida ballpark was sold out. I think it was like, if I remember correctly, like eight, nine, ten thousand people there. So yeah. number two Florida get waxed by St. John's. And now I, I understand it was like what, ten to seven on Friday? Something like that. Nine like, to five. Never really nine five. Never really felt close. Yeah. And then uh, you know, obviously you had a couple of canceled games as well. And then they go to they go to Houston this week, um, who I actually tuned into that series a little bit. They had swept Binghamton, um, but Binghamton has a has a uh, Roselli who's a, a, a draft guy. So okay. kind of tuning into that one because it was on early. Um, so we'll see what they can do next week. They only they only played one game this week, St. John's, uh, but obviously took one from from Florida, um, which is pretty big. But you know, St. John's is one of these programs here in the Northeast where you know, they're never a powerhouse, but they consistently have a couple of pro guys, um, you know, on that roster. You know, they've produced some guys, sent some guys to the majors over, you know, the course of whatever, 30 years or whatever. Um, it's a good program. So, yeah, it's a good program, you know. Yeah, it's a good program. Uh, we do want to dedicate this episode to Oral Roberts, despite the fact that they did not have a particularly good open to their season. I think they went one and two on the weekend. Um they went to Omaha last year, and uh, we're here for the mid-majors. So Oral Roberts, 50-plus win team in 2023, went to Omaha. I mean, that could be any of these teams that we're talking about here today, Jeff. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so here, I want to throw one out there. So there was actually a top-notch mid-major matchup to open <laughs> the college baseball season. This also was on Flow Sports, so I was not able to watch this particular game. But my colleague and good friend, Josh Norris, was at the game. And that was Santa Barbara. UC Santa Barbara came east to Campbell to open up the season. They win big on Friday night and then lose the next two to, to Campbell, who I don't think it's going out on a limb here, saying is one of the best mid-major programs in the country you see Santa Barbara, if you consider them a mid-major as well, they were ranked in the top 25 coming in. 
to the opening week. Um, another really quality mid-major type of program. And I think there are some out there in California that even with the Pac-12 going away, it seems like there could be uh, an interesting conference that could potentially come together if they wanted to uh, of West Coast baseball teams. Because I think a lot of those mid-majors consistently um, maybe aren't as talented from like an exposure funnel standpoint as some of the, the powerhouse schools like UCLA, et cetera. Um, but they're just as competitive over the last couple of years. And I think a lot of those schools could honestly go into UCLA and, and easily take a series, go into USC, take a series, et cetera, without a problem. St. Mary's is probably another one. Yeah, Jeff, and I, that's right in my wheelhouse. And I know I joked earlier, and, and for people who are listening, I can't see the hat. It's a Long Beach hat, Long Beach State. Uh, and I was the most um, unusual Long Beach State fan growing up as someone who grew up in Massachusetts, but went to a Chad Mays camp back when I was a kid. Danny Espinosa was the player instructor at the time. Yeah. And um, ever since then, I've been rocking LB hats and, and following Long Beach State. It's not quite the program that it was back when they were producing the Jared Weavers. And I know the Giambis came out of there and Evan Longoria, Danny Espinosa. Mm-hmm. I think their most recent guy was probably like Jeff, I mean, Jeff McNeil. Um, Garrett Hampson's still kicking around the big leagues right now, trying to mm-hmm. establish himself. But um, yeah, mid-major baseball—it's—it's it's always been a thing. It's always been a big thing um, in mid-major college baseball out west. I mean, I like that you called out that series. Um, you see Santa Barbara and Campbell—that was pro- that was probably the best actual series of the weekend. Yeah, it was um, <laughs> close second. All right, sneaky one is uh, UNC Wilmington opening up with Kent State. That's two more really good mid-major programs. And UNC Wilmington uh, took, two out of, took two out of three from Kent State to open up the year. RJ Sales, the Friday guy, um, someone who can go toe-to-toe with anybody in college baseball, you know, if they end up in a regional or whatever it is. You know, they, they could give a real fight to a Power 5 school. Uh, five and two thirds, one hit, two walks, eight strikeouts for RJ Sales on Friday against Kent State. So, do you want to shout out UNC Wilmington? Really good program every year, and another really good mid major. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, and I wanted to, you know, going back on that that Campbell series, um, got a big performance from a freshman uh, on Sunday in the rubber game. Uh, Cooper Clark gave up three runs, only two earned, but he struck out six, only walked one. Uh, did give up a homer to uh, Xander Darby, who homered in every single game this weekend. All three games, Darby homered. Uh, I know there's some video up on Josh's uh, Twitter account, as well as Tyler Jennings, a uh, good friend of mine from Prospects Live. Got some good shots of him, too. So couple of a uh, couple of homers to go check out on Twitter uh, if you haven't seen those. But thought that was really interesting. The next series I wanted to bring up um, wasn't really a series. It was the Shipyard Tournament. And that's Lehigh. Um, they lose on Friday, um, but end up shutting out Michigan State. They had four pitchers combined for a shutout on Saturday of Michigan State. They then go into, I believe, what was the championship game against Iowa, and they defeat a pretty good Iowa team on the back of a great start from Kate o- Obermuller, um, who came out and just absolutely shoved over, I think, five innings. Um, the next guy came in. I think he gave up six runs, and – you know, Lehigh goes on to win. Um, not like a super famous program, but I think it's one of these kind of sneaky Northeast programs that 
we'll have a guy or two every year that you know goes on to pro ball and and uh, is an interesting prospect. Mason Black is one that I can call out very recently. Um, but I love those love in, me love some Mason Black. Weather. He's cold weather. What'd you say? I love me some Mason Black. Yeah, man. He was fun on the Cape um, and then really grew. Um, but, you know, Lehigh is another one of these programs that's kind of like right in my wheelhouse, Matt, which is like these this expanding mid-major Division One baseball field here in the Northeast. I wanted to call this out. Merrimack College, now a Division One program. Um, they're not Division One, but Southern New Hampshire up here is actually a really good program. I think if they wanted to make the jump to D1, if they are – can't remember. Snoo. Um, Snoo. Yeah, Snoo. exactly. They have guys in the Cape every single year. My my alma mater, uh, UMass Dartmouth, is Division Three that has guys in the Cape every year that are kind of interesting. Um, but there's others too. I'm trying to think. There was a there was another school. Oh, Stonehill College. Stonehill College was this tiny little college in Eastern Massachusetts where it was like kind of like my high school part two is a Division One baseball school now. Um, they had a catcher a couple years ago. Oh. Matt Donlin, I think, that ended up at UConn was like an, a phenomenal defensive catcher, like one of the best throwers I've seen in college baseball. Um, it was, I think it was him, maybe Peter Burns were on, uh, born a couple years ago when they won that first championship and like that three year run of, of championships, or it might have been two. I can't remember, but uh, a couple of mid majors that are popping up here in the Northeast too, um, which for me is kind of interesting because we already got UMass Lowell and, and a couple others, Brian, of course. Um, so Stony Brook had a good run for a handful of years. Who did Stony Brook? Oh yeah. Stony Brook in, in Long Island. That's like five hours away from me, but yeah, sure. Northeast part of, of the yeah, you're right. I mean, cause Lehigh's the same. Lehigh's probably six hours from me. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's mid major central. Yeah. Bonus points for any of the listeners who actually know where Lehigh is. I feel like that's one of those schools that unless you're from, northeast mid-atlantic yeah you've got no idea it's like when people say like belmont and i had to look that one up i was like oh where's belmont <laughs> where's uh where's Marine. State? you know speaking of mid-majors right state i don't i don't have anything to say about right state right now but tip of the cap to that program because they're always good yeah um, well, i mean they had a uh it's funny that game on friday night was started by Peyton Tolley, um, who is a transfer from uh, Wichita State. So another mid-major program. For a second, I got my W states confused, but hey. W states. Got the W states. I, <laughs> I, I want to take a quick. But Tyler quick, Black. Tyler Black. Um, there was another one, uh, Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy's right state. The catcher for the Braves. Yes. One of the best catchers in baseball, right? State mid major. Uh, I want to take a, a quick, a quick break here. Um, got a, got a shout out. Uh, Walker Zap, I believe, is the player's name. Walker Zap from Air Force. Uh, yeah, he, he took a powder keg of dynamite to the head in the Mississippi State Air Force game yesterday. You're at, you're wondering what I'm talking about. Hunter Hines hits a, a base hit to right field. And here comes Dakota Jordan coming coming home from second. Play at the plate. Throw takes him up the line a little bit. Mm -hmm. Dakota Jordan goes to hurdle him. For anybody who's listening doesn't know who Dakota Jordan is, some people compare him to Bo Jackson. They do. He's gotten that comp. He goes to hurdle him and just kneecap to the dome. 
And, and Dakota Jordan did not slow down. <laughs> Man, I was like, he could be dead. And then they were like, oh, he's okay. But definitely concussion protocol. But I do want to shout out Walker's app because he survived that. Anyway, back to mid-majors. Uh, California, on the subject of California, I don't want to talk about Long Beach State. I want to talk about... Oh, see, I thought we were going to talk more about Air Force because they're an interesting program. I mean, they did produce the number one pick in the draft last year, more or less. Yeah, and they got a pretty good player in, in Sam Kulasingham. Kulasingham? Kulasingham? Hey, Thompson. Air Force is is a nice little program. I was talking about that with uh, my wife the other day. She's like, oh, is there any good college baseball around where we're at? I'm like, eh, you got Northern Colorado, just about an hour and a half north of us, and then you got Air Force. And I'm like, you know, Air Force, they actually got a pretty good little schedule. Um, they opened up the season at Mississippi State. They did win one. They did. <clears throat> and I think they've got another big series this weekend. Um, they do a pretty good job of scheduling themselves some some non cookies. Mm. Yeah, Jay Thompson of Air Force had a home run this weekend, one fourteen EV at forty two degrees. Yeah, they go uh, Southern Mississippi today. Ooh, that's a that's a, a solid midweek schedule. Yep, and then they go three games set with Navy over the weekend, and then they play UNC Wilmington next Monday. Uh, Creighton Army, Louisiana Tech, three game set or nope, midweek at Auburn before they go back out west. I mean, that's a pretty good little uh southeast run for them. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website. I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Yeah, absolutely. It is, for sure. Um, and uh, like I said, interesting program in a, a service academy that recruits pretty damn well 
I mean, to get Paul Skeens and some other players, I think, uh, speaks volumes. But do you have another series that you checked in on this week and any other teams that you're excited to talk about? Um, yeah, I, I think there, there's a handful of programs here that opened up the year pretty well that all have something in common. I think it's it's kind of the model for a mid-major program to be competitive, and that's um, an excess of upperclassmen. Right. So I, I do want to go ahead and shout out a couple programs down south that are going to be, you know, pitching is going to be the question mark. Pitching is oftentimes the biggest question mark for these mid-major programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but South Alabama, they always hit. And they, they opened up 3-0 and against Lamar, North Alabama, Southern Indiana. I mean, no real big programs there, but uh, 3-0 and nonetheless. Will Turner went 0-12 on the weekend. Um, so, you know, they're going to hit pitching. Is how, about, how, about our other, how about our other guy? Is it Joe Sullivan? Yeah, he was just okay. Just okay. Yeah, he was just okay. So, I mean, like those two guys haven't even gotten going yet. Um, and they, they won pretty handily against Lamar, North Alabama and Southern Indiana. What's kind of interesting is pitching's usually the issue there. Uh, their first two guys out Friday and Saturday are both transfers from Auburn, Carson Swilling and Cam Hill. Uh, okay. who, you know, Swilling had some, some prospect status as a high school guy. Um, but just kind of interesting, you know, if those guys can kind of put it together a little bit and, and give them some stability at the front of that rotation. I mean, South Alabama could very easily be a program that makes a run, you know, later in the spring. So, um, yeah, I mentioned Northern Colorado. They got rolled by Louisiana tech for a Louisiana tech back in 2022, one forty three games. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go look at their stat sheet, they're rolling seven seniors out there offensively. Um, pitching will be the question mark, but yeah, anytime that's kind of the Texas State model from a couple of years ago. What was it? 2022, they won 47. They also opened up 3-0 this weekend. Really good program. Something yeah, a little program. uncharacteristic for Texas State this weekend. Best player is a true freshman, Ryan Farber. Um, so maybe they're leveraging some of that success with some of the older guys into – you know, being able to pull some higher end recruits. Um, But yeah, Ryan Farber, true freshman, five for eight, five walks, no strikeouts and collectively 37 to four against Youngstown state over the weekend. So um, Texas state gold star for Texas state this weekend. Um, They're probably out of the schools that I've named the one that I'm probably on the hottest yeah. I guess for this year moving forward. So um, I know I kind of threw a jamboree at you there, but they're all kind of in that same model. That's, that's kind of what you got to do as a mid major is roll out there with a bunch of 22 and 23 year olds and be competitive, win 40 games. And, you know, Texas state again, kind of turning that corner and maybe being able to pull some higher end high school recruits. Yeah, I think you're, uh, I think you're absolutely right. And they've gotten some, some good transfers over the last couple of years too that uh certainly helped who was the, the fire breathing dragon that they got from was it texas tech that got drafted last year it was a reliever you're not ah yeah I don't, I don't know about the fire breathing dragon no he threw pretty hard i saw him on the cape um he went against the uh the kid that transferred to iowa from uh, Carson Wentz's school is that North Dakota State or South Dakota State? I can't remember. One of the Dakotas. Yeah, I'm not. I'm drawing a blank on all these pictures because it's been two years. Uh, I'll tell you in a minute. 
I'll tell you in a minute. But uh, yeah, I can't think of who it is. But yeah, I think it was a Texas Tech recruit that ended up at Texas State for a couple of years and then got drafted last year. Maybe like seventh, eighth round kind of guy. Um, anyway, but uh, I have another one I want to call out here. I know we talked in the opening a little bit about some of these good California mid-majors that can beat a top-notch school. I know Stanford's down a little bit, but Florida took two games from Stanford on Friday and outscored them 19 to six in those two games. They didn't play on Saturday and then lost four to one. So they went to Stanford and took that series. And like I said, on those first two nights outscored them 19 on that first night, outscored them 19 to six, including uh, a four nothing shutout in the first game. So shout out to Florida and going in and, and, um, you know, like I said, I know Stanford's lost some players, but still it's Stanford <laughs> and doing the damage that they did, especially against the, a lineup that has, you know, some draft guys in it. You know, certainly Malcolm, Malcolm Moore, for sure. I don't know where people are at with Trevor Haskins, but I thought he was kind of interesting when I saw him on the Cape as well. Um, but yeah, so shout out to Fullerton and, and Christian Rodriguez uh, going out there and tossing six scoreless innings and you know getting a, a three a three inning uh save from from peyton jones as well so yeah and and you bring up cal state fullerton shout out to jason dietrich uh he's in his third season as a head coach there he does not have an easy job uh in the age of nil and in the age of transfer portal and all of that because cal state Fullerton's not a program that's going to be able to dole out nil money right mm-hmm. so this is kind of where college baseball and this new landscape is kind of in a I don't want to say a weird place, but man, there's so many historical programs out West that have had so much success. Cal state Fullerton is one of the most historical programs in all college baseball. Right. And it's like, how are they going to compete in this new age of NIL? You know, if they get a player that's good, he's probably going to hop in the portal and he's probably going to bounce. So uh, not an easy job over there. And Dietrich's done a pretty good job and, and, you know, to his credit opens up with Stanford and, um, you know, put a, put a pretty good licking on them, but yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I talked about long beach before and, and kind of the, the history there, Cal state Fullerton, the history there. And um, yeah. you just hope that there's, there's a way for these programs to kind of navigate these turbulent waters NIL and all of that and um, continue to push through and, and have that prestige that they've had. Uh, produce draft prospects and win games and and all of that but yeah shout out to cal state fullerton because i was you know that's another program that you know in my youth yeah kind of drew me into the game drew me into the college game yeah and uh shout out to junior outfielder colby wallace who had like a a massive series i was going to mention this as well uh he went six for 13 with two home runs a double drove in five uh and uh, four 4Ks to a walk. But big showing, had three hit nights in uh, the second game on Friday, and then in the uh, in the loss, he scored uh, the lone run with his home run. So Yeah, and you got Maddox Lotta there too. Yep. Uh, three he had a really five. good series. Yep. That's Doug Lotta's – I think that's his son. It is, He's, I believe. Yeah. Went uh, five for 13 this weekend. Yeah, five for thirteen against Stanford. That kid can really hit. Uh, and then let me look on the pitching side here. You said Christian Rodriguez. I want to shout out my boy Seth Tomzak. 
looks like two and a third in relief, one hit, no runs, no walks, five punches. Uh, yeah. What is it, Argonaut High School up in, in NorCal? Mm. Seth was a Seth was a guy out of out of high school, and then he went to Arizona State, and then he bounced back to Delta Junior College back in NorCal, and now he's down at Cal State Fullerton. And he kind of came on last spring, and um, yeah, here he is pitching well against Stanford straight out of the shoot. So love me some Seth Tomzak, fellow Pollock. There you go. <laughs> I was gonna ask, do you know who who Maddox Lotta's cousin is? I do. Don't tell me. He's a big leaguer, California prep guy. Those are the clues I'll give you. Dylan Carlson. It is indeed. Dylan Carlson is uh his cousin. So I may be getting old. Doug Lotta plus uh plus Dylan Carlson. You got uh you got some some baseball blood in that family for sure. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, Cal State Fullerton, we're rooting for you. I, uh, I, I have, um, my, one of my bucket list items would be like two, three weeks in California, a car, unlimited hotel budget. And I can just drive down the coast and go to series at all those different parks, all those different mid majors, Pepperdine right on down. I want to see, I want to see games at all those parks. Yeah. and, And Jeff, I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm with you. There's a program that I've got to talk about that is it's the last one that I'm going to highlight, but it, 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 you know, we, we saved it for the end. I didn't plan to save it for the end. It just happened and it fits so perfectly in the way that this, this whole thing's going. The fighting Ben Orloffs of UC Irvine. (laughs) They were my biggest field of 64 snub last year. Uh, after winning 38 games and with 38 and seven, didn't make the field disrespectful. Yeah. And they just walloped North Dakota state to start the year 31 to eight uh, combined score as they swept North Dakota state. They are just packed full of grad students and seniors and seniors and seniors and red shirt seniors. Uh, pitching is the question mark with mid majors, but it's if, if Ben's got to put a hat on, if he's got to throw a Jersey on and sneak on out there, he'd fit right in. He's got that that young spirit in him. Uh, UC Irvine, the Anteaters. That's a mid-major spotlight for you, Jeff. Yeah, man. They went. Uh, they went. What? They're four. They're four and zero, oh, right? Am I wrong? No. Three and zero, four and zero. All I know is that the loss. I got to double check. I, yeah, I'm an idiot. Don't worry about it. I was looking at the twenty uh, the twenty twenty three schedule there. <laughs> I was like, I don't see North Dakota State, but yes. Smoke North Dakota State. They have San Diego on Tuesday. And then uh, another decent mid-major program on the weekend. They're at Tulane. So they head, after being in Cali, they're heading out to New Orleans next weekend. UC Irvine might not lose a game all year. And they might still get snubbed from the field. (laughs) But we don't care. They got some, they got, they're, they're in an interesting tournament uh, in a couple of weeks, the opening weekend of March, they're at the Dodger stadium tournament and they take on San Diego, Michigan and UCLA. And then, and then the following week, they play a couple of uh, really interesting uh, mid-majors as well. California Baptist, which is a program that's really invested over the last couple of years has improved by leaps and bounds over the last three, four years. They've had some guys every year on the Cape. 
Um, Fresno State, which, you know, from year to year can have can have some sneaky players. They also play Columbia in there, which is going to be no no knock on Columbia, but going from some of these schools that they're going to see over the first couple of weeks to then playing Columbia uh, should be kind of interesting. So Yeah, I just hope that that uh, little jam recess that's going on at Dodger Stadium is an on-flow sports, uh, and I'll, I'll be tuning in for that. It's it is actually an ESPN plus uh, broadcast. So let's go. Uh, yeah, let's I don't go, know. Yeah. About the, I don't know about the. Funny enough, the Michigan and San Diego game are listed as ESPN plus. There's no TV listed for the UCLA game. So I don't know if that ends up in the Pac-12 network or what. But we'll have to see. <sighs> the Pac-12 doesn't exist, Jeff. The Pac-12. It won't exist. in a year. It won't in a year. But the the Pac-12 television issue with baseball has honestly just been an ongoing thing for multiple years so i guess the positive is with the big Ten, some of these schools moving to the big 10 and maybe the west coast can pack together get some tv stuff together guys we want to watch your games i like to watch west coast games it's one of my favorite so, so here's here's a question for you and this is this is coming from well you say you love to watch west coast games i used to watch like uc riverside on tuesday tuesday night filmed by a potato on watch espn all right that's how for real i am about this but Speaking of the Pac-12 not existing next year, in Oregon State, Oregon State is technically not in the Pac-12 this year, correct? No, they are. There wasn't something about them opting out of the Pac-12? Uh, unless I'm crazy. Um, I believe that they're still in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, I mean, they're listed as the top team in the Pac-12 right now. I could have swore I saw the cover, of our, the cover of our Baseball America <laughs> college preview was uh, a whole ode to the Pac-12 with uh, Travis Bazana and uh, Gavin Turley on the cover. So I believe they're still in the Pac-12. This is the last. This is like the end of the Pac-12. There's like nothing Pac-12 after this baseball season. I apologize to all the listeners out there. I pulled an average American thing, and I only read a headline, and I didn't actually read the story. But it sounds like Oregon State is leaning into an independent baseball schedule Yes, for 25 and 26. That's what I was reading. I thought they opted out of the Pac-12 for this year for some reason. That is a major gaffe on my part, but... Let's just let's just pretend that we're in my fantasy land where they're not in the Pac-12, and <laughs> they're one of my favorite mid-majors for this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's they shouldn't be, but in some ways it almost feels like they're being forced to be because they're not a powerhouse in football. They're not necessarily a desirable school in that sense. But this is one of the best baseball programs in the country, and it has as committed a fan base as there is in college baseball and that's not a knock on the sec but oregon state cares that community cares about that team you know they do numbers they fill up that stadium people care about the games they know the players are part of that community they take great pride in the players that played there and then went on and had success in the major leagues um so yeah i mean it's uh it's one of the things that kind of lingers over this baseball season where they have this incredible team, you know, even beyond Bazana, they have players that are going to be there the next couple of years who are, who are very good players. They're going to continue to be able to recruit well. And you just wonder like what impact could that have in the program? Maybe they become college baseball's Notre Dame. That kind of feels like what it is, right? Like maybe they join 
other conferences and other sports the way Notre Dame did, but remained independent in football um, and picks up a very difficult schedule because of that. But here's my question, Matt. If you are a power five school, do you want to pick up a series against Oregon State in the middle of your season? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. And I don't want to talk about Oregon State too much here because they technically are not a mid-major. They're not a mid-major, mid-major podcast. <laughs> but shout out to Travis Bazana. And again, shout out another storied West Coast program that I think is is probably in a better position in the current landscape to continue yeah. to ele- keep their prestige elevated. And they're doing a pretty good job. Um, but yeah, Oregon State. I guess when they're independent, if they're independent in the next couple of years, we'll talk about them on this podcast as a mid-major. We could. It's possible. I don't know. But like I said, are, are they like Notre Dame where it's like you're not really <laughs> – you're not really a mid-major. You're so good that you can you can live above the bubble. You don't have to exist with any substance. You don't have to have a label. You know, they're nonconformists. Yeah. So what, what genre? No genre. No genre. No they're, genre. Like the old B.O.B. mixtape. They're just they're just bending. <laughs> That's a reference. They're just uh they're just they're just they're just bending, they're just bending the uh the restraints that people put on them. Um any other mid-major programs that you want to shout out? I kind of feel like I've I've hit my full my full uh uh capability as these are the only games that I paid attention to. There were plenty of other mid-majors playing, but like I said, that Binghamton Houston series, not a whole lot to call out there. And I don't think Houston really counts as a mid-major because they're technically they're, uh, in the Big Twelve now. They're in the Big Twelve, so yeah, they used to be. Not that was my favorite mid-major conference before it all blew up: Houston, UCF, Tulane, Cincinnati. Uh, there were others in there too. In ba- in baseball, it honestly wasn't that different from the big the Big Ten. You could argue that conference was from I think UConn was in that program too. Might have might have had as much talent and ability to teams that had an ability to make a, a, a good run to Omaha um, as much as the big, as the big 12. Yeah. I mean, while we're on the subject of mid majors, a few quick shouts and we'll get you out of here. Um, UCF played Bryant on Friday mm-hmm. and they got rained out for the rest of the weekend. UCF, I think is a fun little mid major program. Yeah. Um, they got a lot of Florida bounce backs. They got a uh, Previsk mm-hmm. and, I don't think he played this. I don't think he played on Friday. Corey Robinson. Yep. So I got some exciting players that are actually going to get a chance to play every day at UCF, which is cool. Yeah. Um, that's something I appreciate about some of these mid majors is they're a good landing spot for the guys that weren't one of the nine, you know, for at the higher end programs. Um, so you got that. I mean, Bryant, obviously, you know, since Steve Owens let Rutgers. Rutgers is Rutgers technically a, a mid major? No, because they're Big Ten. All right, Rutgers not not a mid major program. And they were Big basketball. East before that, so like I don't mm-hmm. I don't consider them to be a mid major. Yeah, it just it, they feel like they they've got that flavor about them because they're in the Northeast. Um, but yeah, last two, I mean Dallas Baptist doesn't really feel like a mid major, but they technically are. They definitely are. Yeah, they they are yeah. probably the they're probably the standard. Yeah, the fact that we haven't talked about them 40 minutes in. Um, you know, they handled SEMO this weekend with ease. Go ahead. Let me throw another one out there for you. Is East Carolina a mid-major? Yeah. I'd say yes. 
they they might actually be the gold standard. It might actually be East Carolina. It's like, well, I mean, if you think about it, let's, let's go from C to shining C. You've got East Carolina, DBU, and then you go out west, you see Santa Barbara. You, or, need, you need one in the north. You need a north mid-major standout. North Dakota State. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kent State. You could have said Kent State. Kent State, right state. Probably right, right state. there. I put it for you on a platter. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, DBU Ball handled State. Timo this Ball weekend. State, another good one. What do you say? Ball State? Chirp, chirp. That's their thing. They go chirp, 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 chirp. I didn't even think. I didn't even think about the Redbirds either, man. You didn't even think of the Illinois, State, Illinois right? State. Yeah. 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 You got the Sycamores too. They had a huge year last year. Yeah. What is it? Indiana State. Oh, mid-major baseball. You gotta love it. Yeah. The last one I want to shout out here is UNC Charlotte because they're kind of following that same yes. that same trend, that same model of of bringing in a lot of transfers, being competitive. They've got a good program. They've got a nice set up there in charlotte uh there's a lot of support from the athletic department beautiful ballpark all the technology they got all the right people in there um they salvaged a game against virginia tech i mean not an easy way to open up your season uh on sunday but i would expect them to get rolling and also be a threat and be a candidate for the field of 64 when all said and done so yeah i mean jeff let me just tell you this this episode has been an absolute treat um and outside of like a quick mention, Oregon State, Dakota Jordan, almost killing a guy at Air Force. Like, kudos to you, Jeff, for uh, keeping up with your mid-major college baseball. Hey, you know, and I and I wish I had uh, another another game that was on Flow Sports that I, I didn't get to see, but um, College of Charleston, who went three and zero this weekend against Marshall, that's another program that every single year. They have multiple draft guys who are legitimate. They have hitters. You know, this year they have a couple. They have pitchers every year. Um, sometimes bullpen guys, but definitely some interesting arms. Um, but shout out to them. Darren Pendergrass is a really, really interesting kind of sleeper on that team. Um, speed guy that they they brought in and transfer. And then Cole Mathis, who was a two-way guy, I saw on the Cape this summer. And legitimate power there. I'm definitely a fan of uh, of Cole Mathis's game. So, shout out to uh, College of Charleston. That's another another good mid major to pay some attention to. And they started out the season three and zero as well. Yeah, and uh, last thing before we head out of here, there is good barbecue in Colorado. Found it this weekend, AJ's Pit Barbecue. So, if you're ever in Colorado and you're listening to this podcast at the moment, you're you're looking for barbecue that can hold up anywhere. AJ's Pit Barbecue, brisket, pork ribs turkey there you go potato salad mac and cheese all that's good that's good stuff i uh i tried a chain restaurant that was good the other day i told you dave's hot chicken it was actually legit you know that fits into the that chick-fil-a raising canes when they open up the sprouts it's better yeah it's it's better it's better than no i'm just saying people people up in the northeast i would take it over people go nuts for it I would take it over raising canes in a second. And it's the same deal. Like it's like chicken tenders. You can make sandwiches. And uh yeah, the sauce is good, you know, all that good stuff. No bread, but who cares? Bread Nashville hot chicken is is definitely a wave right now. It's a wave that's it's that a wave. I saw it up in Fort Collins on Friday when I was driving up there. There's a not that spot, but a different hot chicken spot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the other one I'll say is uh, 
went to a local place. There's a brewery near my house. It's been brewing beer for a long time. Jeff brewed uh, it. Jeff brewed the beer. I did not. I did not brew the beer. <laughs> I don't. I don't like. I haven't. I hadn't had a beer. Like I never drank. So I hadn't had a beer since July. So my kids were at my parents' house this weekend, and uh, we decided to go out to the brew pub at this brewery open restaurant. With you know, so you know, I had a I had a beer there. It was great, and then I uh, had a nice little meal. Um, excellent fried pickles, but it was uh, Cold Harbor, and uh, I think it's in Westboro. Technically, it's kind of where like Northboro Westboro meet. But either way, it's uh, right down the road from my house. Really good spot. Uh, enjoyed that quite a bit. It's the first time my wife and I have been able to have. A meal by ourselves with no kids in a very long time. So we enjoyed hey, congrats that. to you on that. And I'll tell you what, that's a better investment for your dollar than a $395 on-field replica of an Anthony D. Scalafani jersey with the new Nike Vapor uniform. Get those out of here. Get them all the way out of here. You got to rerun think, those uh, things. I think you're I think you're incorrect. That is a great investment as Anthony D. Scalafani is gonna win the Cy Young Award because he's come up for no reason in like three or four conversations this weekend. So I'm determined that that is God trying to tell me that I should have Anthony DiSclefani on all of my fantasy teams. But Matt, on that note, let's wrap this show up before we get too crazy. Uh, this has been another episode of the 90th percentile. We're talking mid-majors. Thanks for tuning in.